Good morning, listeners. Happy Saturday. Um, welcome to another session, another Bible study session. And um, this is day two. Not that anyone is counting anyways, but this is day two. And I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening at this point in time. And thank you all for yesterday. The feedback yesterday was beautiful. I mean, a lot of us actually listen and loved it. So I'm encouraged and I'm even encouraging myself in the Lord. So, yeah, before we start today's session, before we start today's study, I have this song. Well, I don't have it. <laughs> um, I heard it and it ministered to my spirit by Moses Akor. He just released the song on YouTube, and I just want to share it with us real quick. All right, here we go. I've come in the volume of the book, it was written about me to do your will, O God. I will do. beautiful song by Moses Akko. We can go listen to it on YouTube. Praise the Lord. So, it's time for our study and you need to get out your Bibles. Get out your Bibles, yes. And I'll be reading with the NLT translation. So, let's go. Today we'll be reading John 10. You know, we did 8 and 9 yesterday, so today we'll be doing 10 and 11. And if you're just listening for the first time, you're welcome. This is a study we have every 
morning so thank you for joining us today all right john 10 the good shepherd and his sheep i tell you the truth anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gates must surely be a thief and a robber but the one who enters through the gates is the shepherd of the sheep the gatekeeper keeps the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him he calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out after he has gathered his own flock he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice they won't follow a stranger they will run from him because they don't know his voice those who heard jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant so he explained it to them i tell you the truth i am the gate for the sheep all who came before me were thieves and robbers but the true sheep did not listen to them i believe at this point he was talking about the fake and false prophets and teachings all around and he said yes i am the gate those who come th coming through me will be saved they will come and go freely and will find good pastures the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life hallelujah i am the good shepherd the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming he will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd and so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock the hired hand runs away because he's working only for money and doesn't care about the sheep that 13 it says the hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I believe this particular chapter was heading towards um, the preachings of false prophets, false pastors, false priests. You know, they don't really care about, about the salvation of the children of God. They just want the money. I was reading a book by Gile Akoni, and he was talking about how different people want to pack a lot of ministries in their hands even when god just gave them one and then they start outsourcing finance the wrong way and then they lose sight of the ministry they lose sight of the task that god had given to them they start chasing after money if the the goal is just about the money jesus has come to say they are the hired hands and, and at, 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 the, at the sides of any issue, they run away because they don't really care about the sheep. They don't really care about the children of God. And 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that, I, that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. We are a sheepfold. As children of God, as people that believe in Jesus, we are a sheepfold. At times I, I just 
ponder and i'm like so all these people who still don't even believe in jesus nor the great power they they are also his sheep they are also his children i mean that's crazy though but i thank god for the love of god and 17 he says the father loves me because i sacrificed my life so i may take it back again no one can take my life from me i sacrifice it voluntarily or i have the authority to lay it down when i want to and also to take it up again for this is what my father has commanded when he said these things the people were again divided in their opinions about him some said he's demon possessed and out of his mind why listen to a man like that others said this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon can a demon open the eyes of the blind you remember what we read yesterday i mean they still marveled at how jesus could heal a born blind man they still marveled so much so it had to come down to john 10 21. now 22 he says it was now winter and jesus was in jerusalem at the time of hanukkah the festival of dedication he was in the temple walking through the section known as solomon's colonnade the people surrounded him and asked how long are you going to keep us in suspense i if you are the messiah tell us plainly but these people are for you like how many times does jesus want to tell you he's the messiah how many times does he want to tell you that he's the son of god that came down how many times and this is just coming to me as a thought how many times does jesus have to prove himself in our lives how many times does he have to show his faithfulness before we actually come running with everything we have to him how many times it takes us a great deal of convincing a great deal of evidence i mean we see here some believers these days praying this kind of prayer they're like oh jesus oh god if you are truly god if you know what we are preaching is not is not a scam do this for me i mean come on come on as believers some of these prayer points are not are not to be heard from our lips truly you've gone you've gone such a long way in the faith and then just because, yes, I know that need can be so pressing, but then you want God to prove his worth to you, to that, by, by changing whatever situation that might be. Because really, how many times must God, must Jesus prove himself? How many times must God prove himself? How many times must the Holy Spirit prove that he is the one that is at work in us? And then 25, Jesus replied, I have already told you and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my father's name. The proof, the proof, the proof is the work I do in my father's name. The proof of true men of God, true women of God is, is what they do in God's name. Not just calling God's name because there was another part in the scriptures where Jesus said, they will call on my name, but they are not true followers. They are not true followers. The proof, uh, apart from the gift of discernment of spirit, the proof of a true man of God is in the is in the work he does in the Father's name. But you don't believe me, twenty six. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. Hmm. My sheep listen to my voice, 
I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them again away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. 31. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. These people are really quick, though. They don't, they don't pick up stones to kill whoever, whatever random person doing whatever negative act. But because somebody is speaking the truth that their hearts cannot accept at once, they just pick up stones immediately. Bunch of hoodlums, I mean. <laughs> okay. 32. Jesus said, At my father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? Because, I mean, he's done a lot. He's done a lot for these people. Is it the miracles? Is it the preaching? Which exactly are you stoning me for? And then they replied, We're stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. And Jesus replied, it is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods, like each and every one of you is a god. Okay, let me read 34 again. Jesus replied, it is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods, and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the son of God? After all, the father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. Like I said before, and like Jesus said, like Jesus said before, the proof, the proof is in what a person does with the father's name. 38. But if I do this work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous work I have done. Even if you don't believe me, even if you don't believe what I preach, believe in the work I have done. Believe in the work God has done through me. Then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Once again, they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went beyond the Jordan River near the place where John was first baptizing and stayed there a while. One thing I've noticed Jesus really did really often was when he noticed he was in a place of danger, he did not waste time. He, what, he jabber. <laughs> he left immediately because the, the, the purpose for him being on this earth had not been fulfilled. But you see, even G Jesus had the wisdom to run away from anything that would hinder his mission prematurely. But Christians of this day do want to just prove themselves. They just want to prove themselves unnecessarily. They see danger lurking ahead. They know they are not done with the mission that Jesus had, uh, that God had brought them to this world to do. They will stand there and say, oh, yes, that I'm going to prove to you that God is at work in me. Hello. It's no needed, though. Run. <laughs> See, run. Pick your sandals, pick your slippers, and run. Because your mission has not been fully done. It has not been finished. So run. 
a friend of mine was a friend of mine and other friends of mine okay my group of friends one of us was having this argument that she can put her hand in fire and nothing will happen you know with the faith she has in god with how much she has built herself in god she you know she's going to put her hand in literal fire in actual fire and nothing is going to happen and then i had this other friend that was like okay let's bring fire right now and put your hand in it let's see what was going to happen and then it was really um the whole argument was just going back and forth back and forth so much so that friend b really wanted to bring the fire so friend a could put her hand in it and then i just thought to myself how much why are we trying to prove god like like he doesn't already have enough evidence of his existence there are two scenarios you intentionally putting yourself in danger or standing in a place of danger and danger coming to just meet you when you are you're serious-mindedly doing the work of god are two different things you being in a place of danger and trying to prove that oh yes with my faith hello whoa you will be left <laughs> except except in the mercy of God, but you you're really going to be left. I mean the Holy Spirit would be like, what, what exactly is this one doing? You're not done with the work I've given to you. You are trying to put yourself in the forefront of danger. So, my dear sisters and brothers, if you see yourself in a place of danger, try your best to run away from there. If if it's imperative you fight. Then you see that God has would have equipped you for that danger. But if not, follow your leader, follow Jesus' way, run, leave that place for the for the good of yourself and the gospel. From okay, let me read from 40 again. He went beyond the Jordan River near the place where John was first baptizing and stayed there a while. And many followed him. John didn't perform miraculous signs, they remarked to okay, 41. And many followed him. John didn't perform miraculous signs, they remarked to one another. But everything he said about this man has come true. And many who were there believed in Jesus. Now we're going to 11. Are you with me? Are we together? Praise the Lord. If you're together, can you just say a gentle amen? Yeah, that's nice. Okay, so from 11, verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus, telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Oh, God. What a declaration. What a declaration and authority. He said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. So that the Son of God will receive glory from this. 
So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, Let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, Only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, There are twelve hours of daylight every day. During the day, people walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. Twelve. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Listen to this, listen to this. Jesus waited for people to confirm Lazarus dead and for them to even bury him before he came to the, before he came to the tomb. Before he came to actually see Mary and Martha. <laughs> Let's follow it. 15, he said, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. Because he knew if he was there, surely with the word, with the sentence, he has woken Lazarus up from the dead. But he said, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. I mean, if you've not believed the, the miraculous sign of healing the blind, if you've not believed making the lame to walk, I think you should believe now when I raise the dead. And so 16, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. 17, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles from the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, Your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, He will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Because you can't blame poor Martha. You can't just blame her. She, she understood that Jesus was the Messiah, but he, she did not understand the power. She did not understand the power behind his words. Same thing as most of us Christians today, we don't understand the power behind the Bible we hold. We don't understand the power behind the words of God in our hands. And then she said in, in her little understanding, she said, yes, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. But 25, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Ah, hallelujah. He said, I am the resurrection and the life that life you're looking for i am the resurrection of whatever state whatever situation you are in i am and anyone who believes in me will live even after dying everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die do you believe this mother yes lord she told him
I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. 28. Then she turned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, The teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. Mm. Mm. Lord, I see what you did. Lord, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. You did. <laughs> they followed Mary to see the evidence unknown to them that that was what they felt they were just going to watch a drama of how mary will be weeping at her brother's grave but they were actually going to witness the evidence of god's power hallelujah <laughs> why did i say it like that <laughs> so when mary arrived and saw jesus she fell at his feet and said lord if only you had been here my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and, and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was, he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. You know, I kind of wonder, why did Jesus weep? Why did he weep exactly? He was already there to there to wake the sleeping man according to him. He was there to wake him up. So he, he already knew what was going to happen. But why did he weep? What, what exactly was his reason for weeping? 36, the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Now I'm getting two emotions from, from Jesus. He was angry and he was sad. These two emotions is some um these two emotions are something I can't really place my hand on their reason for happening was he in tears due to his new human nature or was he in tears for the fact that he he thought oh how little these people's faith are and then why was he angry what was what was making his spirit angry was it a little faith because it says jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded. Didn't I tell you that you will see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me then jesus shouted lazarus come out 
and a dead man came out. Hallelujah. His hands and feet were bound in grief clothes, and his face wrapped in a head cloth. Then Jesus said to, said to them, Unwrap him and let him go. So such a beautiful moment. And personally, personally, like aside the fact that um this is the Bible, I mean if I if I see a dead person come to life, I don't think I would be around the person because in my mind you're dead. I I mean you've been under I mean these days we don't do the tomb, the whole stone across the grave and all that. We do six feet under. So hello, you came from under back into the real world oh my god i'm sorry but i'm going to like stay away from you for a while yes i know while morning i might i might have said oh why did he die i wish he did not die but okay <laughs> did you just you okay you just came from the dead okay i mean you've been dead four days now <laughs> okay now 45 Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. I thank God because I don't know how many, I don't know the number of them that went with Mary, but I was glad. You know, this word of mouth is so powerful. It's so powerful because any little detail people see, it spreads like wildfire. But the funny part is negative things, negative news spreads quicker. So for six, but some went to went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. The forty-five said some believed. For six said some went to go and um, tattletale. Forty-seven. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to do? They asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. These are the people that are just concerned for their pockets, concerned for their reputation. They don't care if you go to hell. They don't care if you if you lose sight of God. They they are more concerned about their reputation. They are more concerned about their money, their source of income. Because they here they said, then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and the nation. Like they, they said this like they are concerned for the people. They're concerned because that's their that's where their income comes from. Now Siaphas, Siaphas, okay, who was high priest at that time, said, You don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. He did not say this on his own. As high priest at that time, he was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation. Mm. And not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. So from that time on, from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus' death. As a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. Can you see this again? On sighting danger, Jesus left. The Holy Spirit has has different evidence, different proofs that He exists. It's not it's not you standing in a place of danger that will make people believe that oh, um, God is true. Jesus is the Son of God. It's not it's not you being in the face of danger. So if you see danger, 
you see danger coming ahead, you run. You run with the speed of the Almighty. So as a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. He went to a place near the wilderness to the village of Ephraim and stayed there with his disciples. It was now almost time for the Jewish Passover. <laughs> it was now almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration, and many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early so they could go through the purification ceremony before before Passover began. They kept looking for Jesus. But as they stood around in the temple, they said to each other, What do you think? He won't come for the Passover, will he? Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly declared, publicly ordered, that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately so they could arrest him. And this is where we're going to stop for today. John 11, verse 57. That's, that's the two chapters for today. I cannot actually wait to see what happens in the next chapters. Although, although I'm going to I'm going to read it, but <laughs> I mean I cannot wait to share with us. I cannot wait for us to have this fellowship through podcasting. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, God, for your word in our lives. I pray that we have the understanding. I pray that this message interprets to us in the way the Holy Spirit wants it to be in our hearts in the name of Jesus. And I pray we, as Christians, whenever we see danger that God has not sent us to, I pray for the grace for each and every one of us to run, to run away from the face of that danger. That we don't stay there to help the holy spirit in proving himself thank you jesus thank you righteous father thank you abba we're so grateful for this moment for in jesus mighty name we've prayed praise god anywho i this is me um giving my testimony kind of because i've been podcasting for the past two years i think i started in, during covid that's 2020 and you know i've been struggling with recording i've been struggling with um just putting one or two together but i'm glad i'm being able to structure this podcast in a way that god wants me to do it and then just look at, I got my microphone just yesterday. I mean, after two years, it's it's so beautiful. I think we can attest to that because it's it's noise cancelling. It's, it's really just beautiful. It's comfortable. It's portable. I'm just really glad. I'm just really glad. Like, I can see growth in this podcast. So, thank you all for listening. Have a beautiful Saturday. Have a beautiful day ahead. And don't forget to follow me on how is life underscore mama. There we get to share whatever whatever views you have on the study and whatever views you have on the podcast generally. And I cannot wait for us to share the word tomorrow. Bye-bye. <music>